You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, anybody who has any interest in the making of knives, the building of knives, the whatever of knives. I'm Jeff Fader, Fader Knives. With me is the president of the is of the organization, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, and Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts is here. We're here every week, ladies and gentlemen. Never forget. Guys, how are you? Doing All good. good. Yeah. All good, yeah. Last yeah. time we talked, we found out that Craig was going to be on the radio, <laughs> French radio. Oh, yeah. Big Pierre in the morning. <laughs> and before I, so just to let you know, I was just a little bit of backup. We, Craig was going to be on the radio for his, for his band Uplift. They're doing a big event for uh, a fundraiser for Ukraine. Very noble of you. And I hoped that you were going to send a link to the show so we could listen to it on, in the shop on Tuesday. And before that, I got a message from Craig on Monday. I said to Craig, I need a link. I want to listen to the show on Tuesday. I want to listen to you live in France in the morning and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I have bigger problems than that at uh -oh. the moment. <laughs> oh, my God. And you told me something that is almost unbelievable, and I almost don't believe you. Take uh, it oh, away, Craig. Believe me. Believe me. Take it away, so, Craig. So I'm in the house with, with my wife and, and the kids. We're all, we're all there in the lounge, and the dog starts sniffing away in the corner, which is nothing unusual. You know, there's spiders and, and all of you know, we're, you know, We're in the country here. Um, so I thought, let's just go over and have a look. So I opened up a door, and I could see it. A fucking snake. And not just a, 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 a snake. This was a whopper, a huge, huge thing. Now, my wife has a huge like phobia, not just doesn't like snakes, you know, instantly burst into tears and all that kind oh, of wow. stuff. So I'm just like, okay, everybody, everybody needs to leave the room. Um, my wife guessed because it, it is snake season around here, we, which everybody keeps telling us. Um, uh, yeah, and this thing was 12 foot long. Uh, <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what I said. 
That's a what I said. A 12-foot-long snake in France. I am, I, that's what I said. That's exactly I what I said. I am serious. I am serious. It was. Are a, you sure you're um, not getting it fucked up because you're using feet instead of metric? <laughs> I no, no. Thing. Believe me. <laughs> believe me. It was about two and a half meters long. And I'd say six centimeters like in thick in girth wow this thing was like an anaconda that's that's like over two inches for those listening uh just over yes yeah 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 yeah. this was this was this was a thick boy he was yeah in um (laughs) and pretty aggressive as well so i i went to the garden and got a shovel um so i tried to sort of move it with a shovel and it just turned on started hissing at me and i'm like fuck this um yeah so i was straight on the phone to amy's father (laughs) (laughs) wait a second wait a second how big was if you could kind of how big was the head the head was pretty small i'd the head was smaller than the body um so i i know nothing about snakes but more i've heard that's not a good sign um (laughs) 12 foot with a long ass snake with a little tiny head yeah yeah, Jesus. Um, I, th- I think he was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> um, you son yeah, of a bitch, so you it was a case of my wife had to leave the house. She went to her parents for the evening um, in floods of tears. I could never. We need to sell up. We need to move. And I was just like, oh, oh wow. fuck. Um, we didn't manage to catch it. It went back into the basement. Um, but we found a few holes where it could have come up from, so we you know, we, we cemented them. So wow. you know nothing can come through, and um, yeah, we've had a guy here to come looking for it. He couldn't find it, um, so we got, we got somebody else come in. Um, hopefully tomorrow to see if he can track it down. But uh, yeah, from what we've heard, it's a it's a black whip snake. So they they aren't harm they aren't harmful. You know they'll bite, but it's apparently it's like a bee sting. They're not poisonous, not venomous. Is that different um, from the Alabama black snake? Oh shit! Wouldn't have a clue. Is, it, is that is that similar? Is this to a the, joke? Is this a joke? Is that, to, <laughs> is that to, similar to the Parsippany trouser snake? <laughs> is that it had any relationship to the to the uh, Vermont <laughs> skin flute? <laughs> but you know, this comes at a time when um, so. Uh, our neighbors who we, we actually lived in their house for a little while just before we got here they kindly let us stay there so it was a gift i made them a chef knife and i said well look if you want anything special put on it um let me know and they came over this week and he's like oh could i have a snake down the blade because he saw the laser and i explained what it could do and i was like yeah of course so this was the day that i put a snake down the down this blade as well it's like typical um but yeah it was it was crazy time here oh, my, my wife didn't wouldn't come back and i said she didn't oh we managed to get her back in and you know the house is sort of sealed up but yeah it was it was a bit of a scare it was it was a bit crazy so today we had a um, fuck everything day it's <laughs> the, the kids are off school from today this is the last day of school so we've got two weeks um um, so we thought, right, let's make the most of this last day of our sort of freedom. So we went out for lunch, and the sun was shining, and I brewed a beer, and it, I, don't, I, don't know, I was in a hammock for a bit. It was. It's, it's, today's been a good, good day, so it's Beautiful. all good. So oh. tell us about – so that that was not a good start to the radio show. So oh, Tell yes, us sorry. about the radio that? show. Well, I could play a bit later, you know. I'd love to. Do you hear that? Yeah. yeah. Ah, let's play it in the after show. Okay. Let's, yeah, nobody cares about that. Morocco, your Wait, wait, wait. Been... So tell us about going to the fucking radio station. Ah, right. Oh, sorry. Um, 
Jesus. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on too much. So one of the guys from the other bands, because we've got four bands playing this event that we're doing on the 30th. So it's four rock bands. Um, we're all playing for free, and we got people jangling buckets. And it's going to go to the, we got a bunch of Ukrainians in the next village over, um, women and children, and they've literally got nothing, you know. So oh. we're trying to raise as much as we can for them. So, so yeah. So we the local radio. We're actually doing another radio station as well. But this this radio station, and um, they said, come in, we'll do an interview, and you can play a song. So the way we split that was, <laughs> the guy did the interview because he spoke fluent French. I stood next to him like a dummy, and then they said, well, take it away. Then I. Then I played a song. Um, yeah, it seemed to go seemed to go down well. Um, they gave me the recording as well. It's um, yeah, it was it was it was it was nerve wracking. I've never done like you know, studio you know, live stuff like that before. Radio but, session. Um, yeah, and it was literally just you know a mic in front of my guitar and a mic in my face. So there's no sort of you know when we play live, we have control over everything you know and, and the mix and whatever we want to do. But this was literally just like an engineer coming. And saying, there's two mics. There you go. I was like, oh fuck. Um, but it d- doesn't sound too bad, so yeah. Does yeah. It, 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 it? What are the feel? Oh, I mean, just yeah. a second, just a second. Okay. Hello, who is that? Hello, how's it going? It's it's Kyle Heath, Ohio Keith. Holy cow! It's and me. How's it going? Friend of the show, how's Kyle's the man. Yep, yep, long. <laughs> first time, long time. <laughs> so we put a shout out for anybody who's got a good joke to tell us. Um, and I, yeah, I had a good one. Kyle's driving at the moment as well, so Jesus Christ. Yep. Let's, let's take it easy, Kyle. <laughs> I'm taking it easy. I got a good one for you. It's an Easter joke. An Easter joke. Okay, go for it. Yep. What did the Easter egg say to the boiling water? I don't know. It uh, might take me a while to get hard. I just got laid by some chick. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> this is gonna tr- This turns into the, the Work For It podcast with, like, a trombone and dad jokes. I'm bailing. I'm bailing. <laughs> I got to say, while, while Kyle's here. He's gone. Oh, he's, he's gone. gone? He's gone. It's, it's, it's a case of joking out, I'm he afraid. Got the, oh, he got the hook. Kyle, Kyle is a fucking great guy. Actually, he took his first blacksmithing class. With me, I did a tong class at uh, Dragon's Breath Forge, and there's another one in May, in May if you want anyone wants to join me. And he was he listens to the podcast, never forged before. He came in, and we had a great time. Nice. And he has been collecting, like he's become like following all these knife makers, and he get, he gets he's b- b- browbeating you, Craig, that you haven't made him a bottle opener yet. Yeah. And he tracked. <laughs> here's the most interesting thing. I when I interviewed uh, Tomer. He tracked down these original Florentine kitchen knives and, like, got them from Norway. Even Tomer was like, whoa, that's, like, devotions. And Kyle's a good dude, man. Wow. Not the best of jokes, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> oh, poor Kyle. <laughs> poor Kyle. <laughs> so, so here's the question I had for you. Yes. Now, I can imagine, I would imagine that when you're, I mean, when I was a kid and I played the cello, I would be, I would freeze up before the recitals because I was just like, I hated it. I hated it because it's like, you can't stop and say, like, I start again. Mm. You're, you're on the, you're, you know, obviously you've played with your team and you play with your guys and stuff like that. So you get into that room and you have to play. Are you having any fears of like, I'm going to stop or I have to start again? Or how does it, how do you feel when you're, when you're on there and the bike's in your front um, of your face? It was. I mean, I just played an acoustic song on my own, but um, not of my own. You know, on my own. I mean, um, but I used to work in a radio station, so I'm, I'm quite comfortable in that environment. Oh. To be honest with you, so yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. There you go. That's where I met my wife at a radio station too. Really? Look at that. Yes. 
Yes. There's a story for another day, surely. For the uh, one of the full, full blast 104th episode. 104th. <laughs> so shit. No, it's not shit. It's the perfect. It's the two year anniversary. Uh, you, I want you guys well, there for the two year anniversary. Congrats. You got your 100th show next week. Yeah. But the, nice. uh, the two year anniversaries, the two year anniversary is more important. Yeah. Everybody wants the 104. I, yeah. Listen, I bucked yeah. the system. I bucked the, sir. <laughs> I bucked the system. I, it means more to me 104 than 100. There we go. So, okay. Okay. So what's been going on your week? I've seen you've got a big batch ready. Oh, it's been total madness. Actually, uh, Allison just stopped by. Uh, she, my prints arrived. So I have a uh, prints. I got a, we're going to have them up on the website uh, when this comes out, hopefully in the next couple of days. And uh, I just finished 22 K tips that are going to be shipped out on Monday. Meanwhile, we're working on 20 offset serrated. I heat treated 52 forks and the new butcher knife arrived in the mail today. And it looks amazing. That's going to be the next Neptune sunrise drop. I can't wait to get use, get that one going. And it's been, it's been madness. It's just G10 all over the place. And you know, it's been fun, but fun to be busy. So they look, they look great. They look fantastic. Came so, out great. Know, well, I'm, I'm happy with them and, uh, I'm happy with them. I'm also, you know, this is the first time I've, I've been working on four different batches at the same time. So like, there's no, you know, there's no patting yourself on the back. As soon as they go out, I have other things to do and I, that's the way I like it. So, yeah, but it's really- I just had a message from Kyle, Kyle Heath. Yeah. It simply says bottle opener. Yeah. <laughs> He wants. He's he's beating the shit out of you for a bottle opener. I've never made a bottle. I actually did make one in school a long time ago, but I've never made. You know, I don't blacksmith stuff, do I? You know, that's not what I heard. I heard you're like master bladesmith. Well, I did it. I completed it. So I then had to move on. But you know, I think you could see and see something out, couldn't you? Or even just stock remove. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could, but it's it's just not something that I do, is it? Um, I, maybe I will. Maybe I'll take it. I'll take an hour or two off, and um, oh, that's all it home. takes for you <laughs> to be a bottle opener <laughs> and knock out a few dozen. Yeah, yeah there you go, that a boy. I just press buttons, basically. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that snake too. See and see that snake. <laughs> get his ass. Get his ass to work. Pushed by a human finger. That's right, yeah. Leatherman. That's the Leatherman uh, <laughs> motto. Human finger, touch this. Machine. Jeff, Jeff, I have some unsolicited advice for you. Great. <laughs> Why I did can't you wait. put those knives on the concrete? Made me cringe so hard. And all I, I could think is, is just even just a little square, one inch square tab of cardboard underneath could have. I. Saved. I mean, I maybe you made it through unscathed, but just that little piece of cardboard could have created so much more security. I had. I tell you what. I, I did it for a number of reasons. One is the light was really good. The number two is they're still, they hadn't been finished that, uh, uh, sanded and are, uh, there, there's one more little quick buff wrote to go and I didn't wax them yet. And the light was too good. And I thought I'm going to just you. fucking go with it. And I had, I thought the same thing and I didn't want to set anything up. And we had a million things going on and I was just like, Fortune favors the brave, and let's just be careful. And that's what I and did, and everything's fine. So You even signed the pavement like Dick Van Dyke does in Mary Poppins. Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> that's me. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. The <laughs> Flemish painter, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. That one's for the, uh-huh. that one's for the young ones. But, I, uh, you know, it was, uh, I had to do something. I had to get them out the door. So that's... They look, they, honestly, they look super, super cool. 
very, very nice. We had a nice meeting last night in regards to preparing for the future. We're going to actually, funny enough, you know, Tony, my partner is, is a real chef, like a real, he was like one of the best chefs in New York for a long time. And he and I have been talking about doing more kind of content together because it's like a partnership. And I really want him to be more involved. He used to write cookbooks and stuff like that. So we're actually going to be doing some uh, – we're going to be doing something funny. I'll tell the podcast. We're going to offer for Thanksgiving. We're going to offer a set where he named it the Turkey Club. And it's a, a chef knife, a fork, and a paring knife. It's just like this perfect thing. And we're going to start to do recipes. And he's – He's putting together a recipe for our newsletter. We're going to start to do more recipes. And we're getting ready to, you know, slowly, slowly, you know, with the prints and the content that we're going to like around food and stuff like that. We're going to, you know, a book is in the the future. It might not be in the near future, but like we want to start doing more kind of food stuff. And he's the perfect guy. You know, he's... He came up with this recipe that we're going to put on the new... In the newsletter, it's going to be great. And we're going to be doing more of that stuff. Like fucking good shit. None of this... Horse mm. shit hack stuff that you put in your microwave nonsense. Some real heavy duty, <laughs> fucking delicious stuff. So we're, we had a good conversation last night and thinking about the next year's color lab and yeah, it's some fun stuff happening. So tasting spoons. I can see some faded tasting spoons come in. No, sp- no spoons. The spoon game is not for me. I keep leave it for uh, leave it for Don Win. Don Win yeah. can be the spoon king. Spoon guy. Okay. So. Hey. Marekko, your week. What's been happening? Uh, just standard knife stuff, honestly. Um, I'm making good progress, though, on this knife. I got the handle sculpted. I got the blade all hand sanded. I've been struggling with the getting the finish etch. Um, you know, I, ha- I, I kind of pioneered, not pioneered, but I guess in the U.S. kind of really started the coffee craze, I guess, on coffee etchings. But I still struggle with it from time to time. And so <laughs> I'm working through that right now. Um, and getting some other stuff going. I think I mentioned last week we're working. I'm going to be working on some earrings for Mother's Day uh, coming up. So I got some pieces cut out for that. Uh, I don't know. I did see something interesting in regards to knife news. Did you guys? Nice. Did you guys see this knife thing about uh, this wooden knife that's three times sharper than steel? Was the headline I think in like the New York Times. No. Well, our friend, Dr. Laren Thomas, ended up doing a full kind of rebuttal article on it. But basically, <laughs> New York Times, CNET.com, or what, C.net, whatever the fuck. All these different websites were posting up about this wooden knife that's three times sharper than steel. But what they didn't make clear in just the headline is that they're fucking comparing disposable flatware. Fucking... <laughs> Oh, plastic wooden, knives. Wood, oh, yeah, geez. wooden butter knives versus steel <sighs> butter knives. And so they were able to get a more refined edge that was more, uh, much sharper than a steel butter knife. But that makes they, sense. They made, it, they, made, <laughs> they made it sound like, you know, steel that we make our knives from is bullshit and that you should be buying wooden knives. Do you and, know, I mean, but are you surprised? I mean, these I'm not people, surprised. And Laren did a great are... job with his article because he's like, these guys are basically, without saying, he's like, these guys are fucking idiots. But it's like, <laughs> I mean, if you if you look at how even the word knife is referred to in sure. you know common vernacular in the media or anything, it's always like to set an ominous tone. It isn't really to be 
Of course. I mean, plastic plastic forks and knives are terrible. You know, they're probably terrible for the environment, and they're garbage to use anyway. Yeah. Yeah. A popsicle stick is great. Well, and (laughs) in regards to kind of more sustainable materials, I do think it is a cool advancement. It's just it was a ridiculous headline. Uh, I did also see something that was pretty hilarious. I think I got it from our friend Aiden McKinnon from Cutthroat Knives in Australia. But it was uh, how to sharpen your knife with your sword. And it was from theonion.com. And it was fucking hilarious. And kind of the... Kind of along the same vein as of ridiculous news that isn't really news. Back to that the wooden knife thing. I sure. think it's. I know that for a long time they were having real problems with uh, disposable chopsticks, and that they're trying to figure out ways in which to not just you know use you know wood you know sure. using bamboo. And there's a lot of chefs who actually use the the old chopsticks for smoking foods and stuff like that you know for trying to figure out ways in which to not just chuck them i think it's great i mean you know i would prefer i hate using those those plastic forks and stuff like that just because they're garbage you know but yeah i'm always afraid the the little teeth are going to break off into the food or something like that sure what i mean interesting about the wooden knife is to get it so hard and to be able to take a a nice edge they have to actually fill it with resin and put it under compression and all this stupid shit. Ew. And there's already a wooden knife that exists on the market. But I actually, I've never thought about it, but I think a bamboo knife potentially could be a good solution. Because I, like you're saying, reusing chopsticks. I actually, when I get bamboo chopsticks from like a restaurant for takeout, I keep them and I use them for cooking. Um, and that way they don't just get thrown right back in the garbage. But I could see a bamboo cutlery. And, you know, bamboo is a fucking cash crop. It grows so fast that uh, it's a really solid material. You know what would be really good, dude? You make it out of hemp, man. Oh, bro. Dude, (laughs) hemp, man. I heard on Joe Rogan that you can use hemp for anything, man. (laughs) You know what my fucking kid did to me this week? My kid did to me this week. We were having this conversation, and I said something, and she says, where would you hear that on Joe Rogan? And I was just like, you know what, you fuck... You little bastard, you. you know? And it was funny because it's like that's what everyone, all these fucking dudes, uneducated dudes, they'll say something. Go, I heard on Joe Rogan that you could make a knife out of hemp. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding all you uneducated Joe Rogan listeners. I'm just kidding. I'm, obviously, I'm kidding. But uh, actually, back to what you were talking about. Do you remember a number of years ago? You, you know, and, uh, you probably remember the chef, uh, Morocco. His name is Ming Sai. Yeah. He was an he awesome. He's an awesome food network. He has some of your knives? He has one of my knives, yeah. He's a Dynamite Food Network guy. Or big, he was pre-food network. He's a big friend network. of uh, y- your boy, uh, Jacques Pepin. I don't think you can call Jacques Pepin my boy. I mean, <laughs> was it 90? <laughs> I mean, that's number two. <laughs> Homeboy. But uh, one of the interesting things about him is years ago, he was selling ceramic knives. Oh, sure, Like yeah. ceramic chef knives. Mm. And he was, like, pushing these ceramic chef knives is this alternative to using steel knives. And I always wondered, and I think I was in culinary school and I always wondered, I was like, well, how do you sharpen them? And what if you fall, drop them on the floor? And it was, it, I don't know if you remember that whole kind of ceramic knife craze. I yeah. do for sure. The crazy colors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're absurd. Well, and it's just like, I feel like those celebrity types, like you get to a point where, especially culinary, like, Look at Rachel Ray and so many, like Guy Fieri and so many people. Like you start, you build up a big enough name, you can start tying your name to things, and it has to be D 
decent, but not necessarily complete garbage. And you'll put your name on it and you can make a little bucks. But it's like, is that really, like, is that what you want to do with your name? I don't know. Ming hitched his, not, he, Ming hitched his name to those ceramic knives for a long time. Yeah, he he's, was on he's the, got his name on all kinds of shit. He's got an air fryer now that he's got his name on top What Do you guys have an air fryer? I don't. I've no, been interested I don't in know. one. Though. What do you think? What are they? How do they work? Why are they such a fucking all the rage? I don't know. I don't actually understand them. No. But they, the, I, that, I see the rest of like a spiralizer. No, the <laughs> yeah, spiralizer. The spiralizer. Back, <laughs> of the, back in the cupboard by the end of the week. You know that kind of thing. We have the spiralizer. Yeah. We do zucchini noodles, also referred to as zoodles. Oh. <sighs> I fucking they're hate. Not, though, are they? I'll tell they're you what. Noodles, are they? They're fucking. They're 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 not noodles. <laughs> they're not a replacement <laughs> for noodles. Exactly. And I swear to God, one of the things about them is you get your. It's a fucking workout because if you're twisting that thing, it's like. I mean, it's a workout to make those fucking garbage zoodles. Yeah. <laughs> so. But but you know what those those ceramic knives. If you're going to make a ceramic knife, you're going to need. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat. The manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. So whether you're making a knife out of steel or ceramic, you'll need an even heat. Um, a lot of the ceramic guys use even heats too, but you can actually get it cheaper as well. If you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that will take you to Soul Ceramics, and they are a distributor of even heats. And you can get one with $75 off and free shipping in the U.S. So we'll put that link in the description too, which is knifetalk.net forward slash heat. Okay. Are we going to do some questions, do you think? If you want. Well, I like knife news, Mareko. Bring in more knife news. Okay. Yes, that, that's good. That's, that's good. your new bit. You're on the hook. <laughs> Let's have a look. Bancroft Cutlery, it says. Long-time listener, first-time questioner. Questionee? Questioner? I'm not sure. Um, I was wondering when you place your steel into the kiln for heat treating, do you put it in the kiln while it's cold and it raises to temp, or do you wait until a particular temp, then put the knives in? Um, love the podcast, and I love my even heat kiln. Um, thanks, Bank. Look at you. Melting your, melting your ceramic knives since 1994. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's talking about um, heat treating. Is he, what he's saying is do you put it into a hot oven or do you let it ramp up? What do you guys do? I mean, I personally would let it, or uh, I would wait until the oven's up to temperature. Because sometimes the oven, um, it'll it'll come up to temperature, and if depending on what speed you have it ramping up, it might shoot past your temperature, your goal temperature, just a bit um, before coming back down. Um, but I like to like let the oven come up temperature and hang for about 10, 15 minutes before I actually get my steel in there to start soaking and coming up to temperature. Cause even though the, the thermometer is reading that temperature, like the, the rest of the brick and everything is still coming up. And so by allowing it to kind of sit there and soak at that temperature, it kind of evens that temperature out throughout the oven, you know, a nice even heat. Um, and then, yeah, then I put my blade in. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't, you see. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I have a sort of, I use the sort of ramp settings and even heat to sort of ramp up slowly and then hold it at certain temperatures and then, you know, then carry on. But you're doing more stainless, um, right? Um, well, no, I'm, when I do carbon knives, with stainless, I generally go in hot. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Jeff? What, I mean, are you, I... you going in hot? I don't. I, for, for stainless, I mean, because I have these different stages... That it that it holds it at, 
I put mm-hmm. them in when I put them in. You know, I, I don't, I don't have, I haven't had a real problem with the, you know, overshooting, especially at those high temperatures. Like I yeah. feel like when it like reaches, it's like slowly, slowly, slowly gets yeah. there, especially those higher temperatures. Mm-hmm. From going to fourteen seventy five to nineteen hundred, it's much slower than when if you if I was going if I'm doing uh, like uh, uh, carbon steel or let's just say ten eighty four for for argument's sake. And, it, and I'm doing it, I'm good to go into 1475. It's, it's shooting up fast. It's shooting up fast to get there. But for, this, for some reason, when you do different set ramp settings and soak times, that change from 1475 to 1900 is very, very slow and incremental. So I'll, it'll never kind of bump up past 1900 sure. degrees. Like it, it hovers, it hovers like it just like ekes right up there. And that's probably due to even heat. You know, they make such a great product, but um, I would have yeah, more. I would have more problem. I would have more watching when you're. It's the tempering. Like if I want to be tight on 400 degrees, mm-hmm. then it it's a little bit more like jumping past. But like those high temperatures, right. I don't notice it jumping that past. But you're right. I mean, it is just the reading. It's not the temperature. Yeah, and we talked last week about people using like toaster ovens for specifically for tempering that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean they'll get to a certain temp, then the heating element will just turn off. There's no real ramp in; they just got a set temperature and it's just on off like a thermostat. Um, but you know, with you know a more advanced oven like like an even heat or any, or, or others too, um, they're a bit more intelligent. So you know, you, they, they, uh, without getting too technical, yeah, they they'll sort of judge how close you are and sort of ramp it a bit instead of just on off very binary i will say the first the first course of heat treating is always i'm you know as soon as i walk in the door because i know that it's going to take at least from zero to 1900 degrees and with the stops in in the soak times i know it's going to be two hours so i'm going to put them in right when i start in and they're going to slowly slowly kind of get there 1100 degrees soak for 10 minutes 1475 soak for 10 minutes and then 1900 degrees sent for 10 minutes something like that and then when i'm doing the second one i'll open the door and then I'll wait until I get way below the first setting because I don't want it to overshoot. I don't want it to overshoot the first sure. course. So I'll drop it down to like 800 degrees and then I'll start it. And then for some reason, the 300 degrees, it's still, even it does a great job. So I don't really overshoot that first course of soak time. Yeah, and I think that's something that's very different about stainless, which I don't think we've actually really touched on before is that at least from it sounds like what you're doing and what I feel like I've understood is it, you want a couple kind of intermittent soaks at, like you said, 1100 and around 1500, um, just because of how heat transfers throughout the steel, um, where carbon, I think, can handle just going in hot um, without having to have those intermittent soaks uh, as you ramp up. Um, so. I think it's an interesting note for people. Better get Laren back on. Yeah, we need, we need the <laughs> yeah. doctor in the house. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. Okay, uh, Mareko, if you want to do the next question, yeah. I'm going to put myself on mute for a second. I need to go and get a charger because my laptop's about to die. Oh, yeah. So you two carry on. I'll be back in just a second. <laughs> okay. Amateur hour here. 
He's actually going to take a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean he's going to go catch the snake? <laughs> yeah, find the. Uh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't gone yet. Whoa, whoa, easy, easy. <laughs> uh, you're going to go choke the snake. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, this next one's from <laughs> Noah Bloomberg. He says, hey, guys, a couple episodes back, Mareko said specifically that he does not recommend taking deposits. Uh, can he discuss this reasoning behind that, please? Thanks. Uh, so my my reasoning is, I mean, okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary based on people. And we kind of talked about this, I think, last episode or episode before last, but I think it just depends on where people at and where I was at when I first started is that the way I was doing the business is that those deposits that were coming in for future orders, that was part of my income when realistically and, and more, I guess, intelligently from a business standpoint, that money should have actually been going into like an escrow holding account that just didn't get touched. Um, and so, uh, because, because uh, because those people had given me deposits, then at that point, I, I for me personally, really, it was for me personally, uh, I felt a lot of pressure to get on top of those orders or think, you know, even if little shit happened to a specific order I was working on in that moment that would delay stuff down the road. You know, that's just part of the reality. But I like every time that would happen, it compounded and it, I felt worse and worse. And I was doing a, a my due diligence to maintain a level of uh, transparency with the customers. And they were for the most part, everybody was pretty understanding, but me personally, I just, I still couldn't handle it and I struggled with it. And so if you are in a position that you do not need to take deposits, unless it's for something just like crazy, like somebody wants a dildo for a handle or something, Whoa. Like that, then Whoa. Hey, what we, we talked Whoa. about this a few episodes back. <laughs> the Fingal Ferguson special right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, then uh, then don't take a deposit, especially if it's something super basic that you feel comfortable that you could easily sell. Um, I think as soon as any maker, I mean, I don't know. I think every maker's goal or most maker's goal, especially, uh, I don't know. Actually, I can't say especially. But anyways, I think... For me personally, my goal was to get to the position where I could just build knives on spec, which just means I build what I I want to build, what it's what's inspiring and tickling my pickle in that moment, and then I can and then put it out to my audience, whether it's through email or through uh, through Instagram or something like that. Um, and I think I relied on that. Um, I relied on that deposit model for way too long or longer than I needed to because I was still taking deposits um, when I had already well surpassed the point where I don't need to be taking custom orders and, and I was in a position to be able to be able to put up and sell whatever I made. Um, but what it just, like I said, it just kept compounding and all, all that it was for me personally, it was too much. And so I would advise, Anybody, if you don't need to take deposits, um, then don't take deposits uh, unless somebody's asking for something really crazy, weird, or outrageous. Um, and if that's the case, then maybe don't even take that order. Um, but yeah, I don't know. there's but, there's also yeah, years and there's a lot of people who frown upon it. There's a lot of knife makers who who frown upon it. Sure. 
And a lot of it's because, once again, knife makers want to be these, you know, what what should we say, artisans or starving artists and have these principles that are dissimilar to the principles of what it's like in a metal shop. And every metal shop I've been in, when we go to do a, we they sign that they we do have to do a railing and we agree upon the railing and we do the measurements and we agree upon what it's going to look like and the due date and everything like that. A deposit's put down because you got to buy materials and you have to pay for the labor and it's cost money to do it and you can't just you know hope that they're going to pay at the end and you yeah. don't you the deposits also to you know make sure that these people don't sh- leave. I mean, there's a lot of that. And yeah. I, I, th- I find that I've gotten into, I wouldn't say I've gotten into heated arguments, but I've witnessed heated arguments in regards to, you know, high brow knife makers who have, you know, they're holier than thou. And some of them maybe, you know, have a p- particular way of going about things and they poo poo the idea of taking deposits. And, and a lot of that is the reasoning is, is because a lot of guys, they don't do what they say they're going to do. There's some people aren't responsible enough to do what they say they're going to do and honor the commitments that they make, you know, and that's a growth thing. That's a, that's a, you know, a seriousness thing. That's a, that's a, your own personal reasoning thing. And, you know, some people do it. Some people don't. We do the whole thing. You buy the whole, you pre-order your knives from me. And I have not never once, nor will I ever, have a problem with it and not once nor will I ever not do what I say I'm going to do. I, I come to the plate and sure. it was, it was, and it wasn't, I, I'm not thrilled with it. I would love to make knives and we're getting to the point where I can make stuff and sell it outright, but we're just, we can't, I can't operate that way. And sure. with that said, I've never, I've never done anything other than everything above board. They don't have escrow accounts, and we just sure. make it happen, and and you know, no, take well, care. And I, I would say the way the the model that you are using, where you are, you have a set design, and you're taking pre orders, basically, right? Um, I think that is a perfect model for using a deposit system, um, and, and you know. You know, there are a lot of makers actually who do those. Uh, I don't know if they're taking deposits, but, you know, I know Josh Scott does a similar thing where he has, you know, a a set of certain models he's making in a year. He's taking a certain number of orders for each. um, And and that's that. And I think that's I think that would be a perfect opportunity for using that deposit, because like you said, it and part of the reason I took deposits is because when I was starting, I need these people to follow through and part of taking that deposit was to encourage that follow through. Um, and so, yeah, you don't need people saying they're going to pay you and then disappear. They do. They disappear they do. or they say, or, or something create like we, the last time we had to, we had to refund. We had to refund a couple people within the past couple of years. One of them, the guy said, I can't pay for this oyster knife. I just got in a car accident. We're like, okay, no problem. We'll give him his money back. It was like, you know. And then we also recently we had somebody just because we don't – maybe they got their credit card bill. Maybe something was wrong. Maybe they they just had to, you know, they had to get their money back. And we just pay the money back. You're in business and, you know, you you do what you're supposed to do. And, you know, I hear people bitch about it, but – you know, and a lot of it's because some people are just not cut out for business. 
and that's 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 okay too. Yeah, well, and I would say I'm I'm <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm not necessarily cut out. For I wasn't necessity. pointing to you. I wasn't saying that to you. I was. I know you were. I was just saying that there you... are there are people <laughs> there are people out there who are who are unable to talk about the things that they're good at and things that they're bad at, and then they feel sure. bad about themselves and whatever. I mean, no, that's I, I can't. I, I, I couldn't do it. No, I definitely feel like I, I'm not uh, a very business minded person and i got into knife making because it was a craft that i was skilled at and i had um all these ideas especially for damascus patterns that i wanted to make and so the direction i ultimately wanted to get to is where i am where i'm at now presently um but to start i had i had to do you know take deposits and do the custom order list and stuff like that um and i'm thankful now I think part of the hard part too, when I decided to change my business model is that, um, because I had all these orders, um, it was just, you know, whittling those back and everything. So, um, and figuring out how to transition all those people or, you know, manage those people while I was transitioning the model. Um, and so we're definitely in a better place now, but it did, it did kind of the whole deposits thing kind of made that a, ch a little bit of a challenge as well. But it allowed you to do other things too. Allowed you to buy equipment or buy materials or sure. buy, yeah. you know, it's, you know, you can't, I, 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 it would be, it's, it's the ultimate dream to make something and then sell it and then make sure. whatever's in your mind and sell it. Well, sometimes people have crazy ideas and you kind of want to do it and, sure. you know, you have to make adjustments. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is, is yeah, Craig back or is Craig's? I'm back. Oh, okay, I'm back. Right. Yes. Yeah. What's yeah, your think, opinion yeah. on this whole situation? Oh. Do you know what we're talking what, about? What was the question? Which one are we on? Sorry. It was whether or not. Yeah, it was a. Uh, was it Noah? Noah? Yeah. He he's... he he said that uh, Mareko had said that he doesn't take deposits and wanted to know why. And we we're just talking about the concept of is it good oh, right, or okay. bad on taking deposits. I think it depends sort of where you are. If if you if you're lucky enough to have. Um, you know, a huge demand for your work, and then you, you know, you're sort of scheduling, you know, the next year in advance. It makes perfect sense to take deposits um, because you know, if, if you you know where you are numbers wise with regards to well, you know what you need to make, what materials you need to get, um, and if yeah, and if if you're not taking deposits but somebody drops out, that the whole sort of schedule sort of bumps up and all changes. You know, so it's yeah, I, I don't think there's there's a, there's a problem with it. If there's enough demand and people are willing to. I'd say. Yeah, no real problem with that. But I, I, I couldn't do it if I did. I couldn't do any of this if I didn't put my hands in the air and say I suck at business. I need to find someone who's good at it. Sure, I couldn't mm -hmm. do it. I couldn't do it. I, I would. I would. I don't think I'd be in the position that I'm at without having a, a real conversation with the fact that I have deficiencies and I want to address them. And yeah. that's completely my deficiency too. But the other thing is, I the used to hate. I used to hate. When somebody would pay me, uh, when I had to do sculpture, I once had a sculpture to do, and the woman gave had an idea for a sculpture. I told her about the sculpture. We figured out what it was going to be, and she said, "Well, what's it going to be? What's it going to cost?" And I said, "I don't know, five grand." And I thought I was going to get a deposit. She cut me a check for the whole fucking thing, right there. Oh. And I was like, "This is great. This is great. This is great." And then two months later, I was just like, "Fucking, where's the?" Payoff. I got it. I got it all in yeah. the beginning, and this this isn't going to be a beautiful thing where I you know drop it off and then this you know the rest of it comes. I, I just sure. and you have to get past the fact that 
you know, you got to get past that. And that's yeah. just kind of hard. It takes I think time. I, I think I just figured out kind of where my, my deposit taking model kind of took a shit is that I didn't have a cap on it. And I think what's great about how you're doing your deposits is, you know, you're doing this pre-order, you're doing this certain number of run and you're taking your deposit just for, for that portion. I think if I were to do things better in the past, I think I actually would. And, and, and if I had done this originally, I probably would still be actually taking deposits, but where instead of saying, yeah, sure. And just kept taking orders and taking deposits and piling orders up for like years to come. I should have capped it at maybe what was maybe a projected six months or a projected 12 months or something like that. And then cut it off there, close the books, work through those orders. And I think what, what was really weighing down on me and what really stressing out on me was that I was looking at orders that were like three, four years out. And as, like I said, you know, sh- sh- you know, fucking things go sideways patterns don't work out i i miscalculate the amount of material i need to forge a blade i gotta forge another one and it pushes everything out and i just kept seeing all these orders getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and it was making me fucking crazy and so stressed that i like there have been many times where i've contemplated quitting knife making and and fucking getting a basic bitch fucking job um you know, I got not nothing. There's to anything fall back. wrong with that? Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I, I literally got nothing to fall back on. I don't have an education, so I would be going back to like washing dishes in a bakery. And so, thank God, I got my wife, who's like, "Is that really what you want to fucking do?" I'm like, "No." And so we were, we figured it out. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think that was real. Honestly, that was my problem. That was the problem with the way I was taking deposits. Is I was letting them pile up instead of putting a dis- determining a cap and sticking to that. I don't have a cap. Well, I'm, a cap. Say- I'm saying that would have worked for me. Oh, if I had okay. done something, done something like that. But like I said, I was just like I was just letting things just kept piling on. Well, was, it's because you didn't have the I help. Did. You know, I mean, we have. We have schedule things. We everybody knows when they're getting their knife, and we have a very strict schedule. That's why I'm working so hard because I want to. I want to get ahead so I, I I can, you know, we're gonna start changing the way we take custom orders. It's gonna go out longer. We're gonna just stick yeah. with the the pre order stuff. And but I mean, you know, of course, if I break my arms, problem. It's a real problem, you know. Right. But at the same time, it's like I'm prepared to make the mess and and but when i say make the mess it comes from an old story that our old uh, uh one of the old uh accountants used to say to me and tony is you know make the mess and clean it up you know so i it's hard fucking hard man it's hard yeah. really hard but you know i'm gonna get clock home in the next couple of years i gotta fucking haul ass <laughs> you, you're still worried about that I'm worried Jeez. about it i mean i got i got every three months i go get my eyeballs checked i look through the eye thing and my guy talks to me and tells me about how, you know, it's happening. It's going to happen. I got to fucking haul ass. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to waste. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you know what? If you want to be more efficient, you need to get some materials. And you know where to get that from? That would be MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, especially if you're Canadian, because they're a distributor of combat, um, rhino wet, rhino stick. They do steel belts, handle materials, tools, forges. They do the lot. Um, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They've currently got a, a special deal where if you buy a 10-pack of belts, you get 10% off too. And I hear Go that if you're in the United States, you can take care of that, you can take care of that uh, 
Canadian dollar situation, and it, you know you can buy it in the United States too. Ah, there we go. Well, there we go. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and Maritime Knife Supply on Instagram. Go check them out. Right. Uh, Jeff, do you want to do a Yes. Well, there? this dovetails perfectly in the deposits. I think that we have the name for the deposit for the, for, the, for the show, the snakes in the deposit. Um, <laughs> this one comes from Colton Hampton. How long should you give someone to pay for a finished knife before you tell them to fuck off? And is it posted for sale? I haven't taken I haven't taken money up front for a customer yet because I felt as if someone backs out, I can always sell it to someone. But the last three, yes, three custom orders, I have finished, and all of a sudden these jerks suddenly have to come up with the money, and uh, the, these these jerks suddenly have to come up with the money. And I've been waiting on one guy for like two months. And I was about to block him and post it for sale, but he messaged me three days ago saying he has the money and never got back to me after that. Should I just start demanding a deposit up front? I thought these were good ones because it is the the you're dealing with the filthy public, you know, <laughs> the filthy public. But you know, it's been difficult for everybody. You got to remember, this last year has been really, really difficult for people. So I think maybe give people a bit of slack, but. Um, I I honestly think if 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 you are doing custom orders and not taking a deposit, I think you've got to expect a bit of this. I'm afraid there's going to be a bit of give and take. I think mm. you know a custom order is going to d- demand a lot of your time and all the rest of it. Um, a deposit is is it's not just you know the financial side of things. It's it's a commitment from them. Um, right. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think also. Cut people a bit of slack, maybe. Um, if you, if, you know, if if you're, if you can resell it on, well, fine, you know. But um, you know, just let the guy know. There's no need to uh, go right into your local podcast or to your local paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's interesting because it, this does come up with a good solution. So if you're not taking deposits and the guy is a shithead, that means there's no like money changing hands, so you can do whatever the fuck you want. You know, mm, sure. you know, you didn't write his name in it. You know, you didn't. Yeah carving his name and stuff on it and he doesn't owe you you don't know that's the best thing about not taking deposits is you're on your own time if you don't want to work on it don't you don't feel the pressure however if you just because somebody pays doesn't mean they own you i've had a couple dudes who who got a little fresh with me after they paid and it was i had to walk around the shop and yell and not and not write a nasty message, but I mean, they're there. Some people feel like you know, get to work, fader, and it's like, whoa, 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 you know, this isn't how this works. Yeah. Now, if you you know, no, you know, no money, no problems. If they didn't give you any money, then you sell that shit, and you don't owe this guy anything, you know? Yeah, quite true. Yeah. Well, and so, what do you guys think about you know when they're t- he's talking to these? potential customers and saying great when the knife is finished you have three days to pay like to pay in full otherwise it's going up and i'm selling it i mean would it make sense to have some sort of stipulation like that yeah i mean because you have some sort of contract don't you for that kind of thing well Um, which is really smart i don't i think that would be a good idea but but contracts don't mean shit it means means you want to get a lawyer but it sets a an expectation, I think, maybe. 
Um, and it doesn't yeah, have to you're never going to you're never going to take somebody to court and the rest of it. But it it sort of says, you know, this is what I'll do. This is what you'll do. Are we happy with this? Okay, let's go. That I think that's what you know. It's an agreement of sorts. I was listening to the hand the the work for it podcast, and Brian House, our announcer, was talking about how patents don't mean anything because. Hmm. What they mean is, is if you have a patent and someone do, does it, that means that you can go get yourself a lawyer and deal with it in court if you want to spend the money. It really doesn't really, it doesn't prevent you from, doesn't help you unless you're ready to plop down some dough. And I think that the, yeah. these contracts are the kind of the same thing too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've told a, when we had to deal with our lawyers in the beginning, my Tony said to me, Tony said to me, he's like, all right, when we talk to lawyers, don't say anything, and he says because they're going to charge you. And I don't know, something happened and I told a joke. And then when we got off the phone, Tony says, you happy with that joke? That joke cost us 75 bucks. That fucking (laughs) shitty joke cost us 75 bucks. I hope you loved it. I hope it was your favorite joke of all time. When we get on the phone with the lawyers, I don't say a fucking thing. Not a fucking thing. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a serious, you know, we're going to take it to court kind of thing. I said, it's set an expectation. That's what I yeah. think. Um yeah, it's as simple as that. Right? Yeah, no, and that's they what... know what to expect of you. You're not to expect of them. Exactly. It's never going to be, you know, that straight cut. But that's what you're aiming for. And that's exactly what I meant. I, I didn't mean like you're going to take somebody to court for them because they didn't. Yeah. No, you just say, fine, cool. You didn't pay. This is going up on Instagram and going bye bye, and you lost your chance. When we did take deposits in the beginning, Tony would. I would say to Tony, I'm like, all right, start to like when I was like getting you know rounding third and getting ready to home i would say to him or i would or if depending on how friendly i was with the person i'd start to like ease into all right we're almost done we're almost done and when i used to do all these emails and stuff like that and then i would send the message to tony send and i wouldn't send him one thing i wouldn't do was i wouldn't be like are you ready to pay you ready to pay send him the fucking invoice with the clear path to payment don't just make them fucking pay and then he doesn't get shit until that payment is done because i would never i did there's one or two times with a friend who i ended up saying oh don't worry you're gonna pay and then i shipped it and i had to browbeat this person oh fuck it happens i mean so there's the business end of this artistic craft is not for you and i say you i'm talking to the three of us plus the listeners it's yeah. it's it's not for us it's not for us you talk you talked last week about doing an episode where we just don't talk business at all i think maybe we should do the opposite way we should get somebody on the show who like like a business expert get tony on tony will maybe get tony, tony on the show will not come on this fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> tony i'll ask him but he's elusive as shit I and mean, he doesn't this stuff doesn't interest yeah. him and sure. he's on the run. He's on the run from something. Yeah, there's no. I could ask him. Anyway. I could ask him, but I mean, I don't think you're gonna. I think that he's. We used to call him Batman back in the day because he would just, <laughs> you just disappear. Like, and he was the best. I mean, he was like, he was like, he. I like him elusive. So, I've yeah. talked to him on a podcast, and he likes the podcast, but he's. Like, He's probably going to, he most likely would say some things that no one's going to like to hear. So I think it's better. I mean, if you want to get a business person, I'd go ahead. Maybe get a business. I don't know who that would be. But um, yeah, maybe we could think about that and have an all business episode. I'll put on my best network. And you know what you can do is let me know when that is and they can take my spot because I ain't interested. I'd rather talk about, (laughs) so I'd rather have a non business show where we talk. Yeah, exactly. Do that too. 
that business. I'm sitting here like fucking Norm from Cheers. I was, yeah, let's do a business episode. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, who, who the fuck are we going to have on here for business? Who the fuck is going to be on here for business? Yeah. Oh, and, and that's the episode that everyone's going to be like, <laughs> time for me yeah, to go. Right. You are. They right. want to hear yeah. dick jokes and stuff. You know, and how big how big your snake is and stuff like that. I don't, want to, I don't care about your stuff. Do we have any unsolicited advice or um, tough dilemmas? We have tough dilemmas and listener feedback. Listener feedback. That's the one. Yeah. Okay, listener feedback. This one comes. For, uh, oh, back. To, let me just say it one more time, just because I don't know how it's going to be. But uh, Jesse Lang sent in a message. There is a job opportunity for anyone in the Auburn, Maine area, or if you're really whatever. This is from Derek Glazer. The New England School of Metalwork in Auburn, Maine, is looking for someone to join and head up their bladesmithing program. This is a full-time position that comes with full benefits, regular exposure to some of the best instructors in the world, extensive opportunities for training in welding, blacksmithing, and bladesmithing, and a competitive salary. Uh, you know, this is for you. If you uh, if you have uh, suitable candidates, we'll have a three a minimum of three years of serious bladesmithing experience, at least the basic knowledge of general blacksmithing skills, and a good working knowledge of social media and its management some marketing skills, ability to willingness to teach others. If this sounds like you, send your email to dglazer at newenglandschoolofmetalwork.com. Great opportunity for somebody and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, New England School of Metalwork, this could change your life. Okay, listener feedback. Sorry for running through that. I didn't realize how long it was. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Paul Jansen. Paul Jansen says, The question of how much you can outsource and it still being a handmade uh, object keeps coming up. I like to think of it as building something. If I, we talk a lot about like when we get a lot of questions about how when is it handmade if you get stuff laser cut or gets when is it not handmade anymore? So he keeps he says uh, uh, I like to think of it like building something. If I'm going to build a deck, I'm not going to go out and down a tree in the woods and melt down a, and cast some screws. I'm going to buy pre-made or pre-done pieces and assemble them myself. Everyone will say that I built built the deck by hand. But that doesn't take away from any of the work that I did do. Uh, everyone will say that I built the deck by hand, but it doesn't take away from any of the work that I did. Without the final assembly, it's just a bunch of pieces. So. Mm. Yeah. I, I think there's... 
specifically for knives, there's that, that romanticism about it. We talked about this before where it's 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 very sort of emotive. It's very different, you know, to building a deck, for example. And he's quite right. You know, you're not going to, you know, source your own wood and make your own screws, obviously. Um, but I think when it comes to making something such as knives, I think people do expect you to. Um, and people, especially people who don't know how to do it. You know, I always get all the time, you know, did you forge that yourself? And mm. I'm like, well, no, I don't forge. And they, they turn their nose up, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think for something so intimate as a knife, people think maybe they know how they should be made. And they've got this romantic picture of, you know, some Japanese swordsmith, you know, pointing north and the steam coming off his blade and all that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, that's not the case for I'm sorry. 99% of us. What were you going to say, Marekka? Sorry. I was just, I was going to apologize for laughing. I just like the, the image of somebody lifting their nose up at you because you didn't forge a knife is hilarious because you still had to make the fucking knife. And that's a whole lot of work that they have not even the vaguest concept of what it takes to actually accomplish. But Mm. that has nothing to do with the thing that they're talking about. What that is, is just a complete, you know, that's an alphaing somebody. And it it happens from everybody. I was teaching a class not too long ago and we were forging uh, a piece of mild steel. And the person said to me, how does that affect the grain structure? I said, it's mild steel. Don't worry about the grain structure. And he goes, well, uh, well, I like to know about the grain structure. I'm just like, dude, this is mild steel. We're not heat treating this. And it was like he had heard about grain structure, yeah. and he wanted to pretend as if he knew what he was talking about. And it was, I was like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't. There's nothing to worry about. This has nothing to do with grain structure. We're not overheating it. We're not. I'm beating. So what is, how does the hammer hits affect the grain structure? Mild steel. We're not heat treating it. It was like over and over again. <laughs> and I had to explain it. There are a lot of people who want to be heard or want to be they want to flex a bit yeah or yeah. or be like oh he knows what he's talking about you know and that's the way it is it, it is interesting because i have had been having a lot of thoughts in regards to blacksmithing and cnc and the future and the past and it it has be- jeff's been having thoughts <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of deep thoughts with that Jeff. That needs to be a new bit. Well, I Jeff mean, thought. listen, this is a fucking podcast. I mean, we can't just say um and 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 say you know say the fucking same thing all the time. I'm trying to like we're trying to occupy the people. It up loud. It's Jeff's thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I, you motherfuckers, it, it, you don't understand. It's 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 CNC people like you have who have uh, de- capitalists CNC like you who have destroyed <laughs> have destroyed the beautiful art of blacksmithing and has created something that's dying. And I'm trying to resuscitate it with my friends. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, it, there's there's like more of. hey man. Jeff's thoughts. <laughs> listen, listen, you <laughs> son of a bitch, you. Fine. You can have whatever you want. But I, it's true. This is a problem. Dude, we're losing the humanity in, in the crafts that we're making. And we're, these motherfuckers are on Instagram with their hammers swinging like a bunch of palsies. And it's like, they're just totally the worst. I, I tell you what, there's more, there's more of this like Instagram uh, uh, bragging about what you look like than what you can actually do and why you're doing it. So it's a problem. Big problem. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. It's Jeff's thoughts. 
Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> All right, everybody. Nine, 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 seven. Tell me what your thoughts are. What are my thoughts today? <laughs> I mean, you were just saying though that the customer doesn't care about how it was made, or like, weren't you? Me? Or did I miss? I thought you were just saying like it doesn't matter. Some. I, I don't think a lot of things matter. But I mean, at this, at this, uh, Jeff thoughts. I don't think a lot of things matter. <laughs> I don't think I don't think most of people's opinions matter either. I don't think my own opinion matters. Jeff's thoughts. I don't know about it. Get ready for the Jeff's thoughts Instagram account. We just we just memes of God. Let's have some, yeah, out. just what we need to, to some nonsense. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I kind of said this the other day, but I'm I, I still think like you know nobody's passing out awards for drilling holes or cutting out blade shapes and stuff unless and you know, can't do it unless you fucking get every hole wrong i mean there and <laughs> then then you wise the fuck up and you hire somebody like you know new jersey steel baron have some have them cut out some blades for you but that's that's all processes that by the time it's done nobody can tell whether an actual fucking human did it or if a robot did it so what value does it have if a human does it Nobody's looking at a Dharma steel knife saying, look at that piece of shit knife. You know? And somebody's bought that bought that steel in because it's beautiful steel and far better than, you know, the majority of people could ever make. So, yeah, you know, it hasn't been forged by the end maker, but they're still making a beautiful, beautiful product. And by the way, did you know, if you go to dharmasteel.se, you can get 10% off your order if you use the promo code Knife Talk, And also take a look at their Instagram, which is uh, Dharma Steel Lab, um, and you'll see some be- honestly beautiful stuff that people have made, and you know jewelry as well, not just knives, just you know with this beautiful, beautiful stainless Damascus steel. Let's go take a look. But that's quite true, isn't it? I mean, nobody would would look at a knife made by Dharma unless somebody made a terrible, terrible job of it. You're always going to look and say that's that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, um, and you know, and that hasn't been as I say forged by hand by the end maker. They've outsourced that. So listen to me when I talk to listen to listen to me when I talk to Lynn Ray, when I talk to Lynn Ray, he said, tune it in, turn it up and rip off the knob. That's my Jeff's thoughts. That's my favorite of all of them, of all those fucking jingles that when she says rip off the knob, I fucking laugh every time. Tune in, turn out or rip off the knob. I love that fucking one. That's my favorite one. Um, Lin Ray, when he was studying under Peter Ross, he was talking about how blacksmiths learned how to fix problems. If the holes weren't right, they figured out how to move the holes. And he was talking about it was a, it was a classic skill, and that's part of you know blacksmithing is problem solving. And and you know I do believe that there is there. I want it to be, not go away. I don't want it to not. I want it to be. It's never going to be the way it used to be, but I feel like it could. Jeff's thoughts. Rip off the no, say, Jeff's thoughts isn't really linked to the question there, but that's fine. All right. That's absolutely Should fine. Should I keep going? <laughs> yeah, have we got any more? Yeah, yeah Chef yeah. Rye Guy says, hey, okay, y'all. I know you didn't ask, but this food and knife related, this is food and knife related. How about them apples? How about them apples? Uh, <laughs> the next time you go to glue up, go buy yourself some a new silicon full sheet baking sheet. And then when you lay down the work... To cure on it, when you return and pick up the work, all the bits that would normally stick 
anywhere will just pop off and then you're not wasting the sheet. I don't know if this was a pro cook. I was a pro cook for 35 years and like Fingal Ferguson said, you can't get anything to glue on silicone. So there are these things called silpat mats. And if you want to yeah. do uh, glue on top of the silpat mats, they, uh, it comes right off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I actually mix my, um, my, uh, epoxies and stuff in like cupcake little uh, cupcake things as well little silicon cupcake holder things and yet and use those mats uh, makes no mess um also use it for when i've done um uh, stabilizing and i bring stuff out if they're there to rest i was rate put those on those mats as well because that stuff can dry off and be horrible everywhere as well yeah silicon mats are the best i got those cupcake dishes but then i get these little nubs inside afterwards like the i can't clean them out good enough they get like refuse in there really from like I, the I sort of little bits turn them inside out and everything just peels out in one not, normally for me I, I guess i need some french silicone you know <laughs> silicone made toys all right something like that uh <laughs> rodney philbin says we were uh, we somebody talked about uh the janka scale and i thought we thought that the janka scale was was could have been like a ligma joke or a both of these. <laughs> so he says, Jankadee's nuts, LOL. The Janka hardness scale is a real thing. It's the wood equivalent to the HRC scale. Ah, okay. So there you go. So we could be we could be Janka testing all our stable. I mean, I maybe. still think it. I still think it's a, it's a, they're trying to get us to say some shit. That that when we started doing D's nuts, I had I had. I mean, it was a floodgate of like, let's see if we can get them to say this and that and the thing. And some of them were just crude. So we have some other ones, or if you want to go to something else. You pick out a perler, a beauty of one, and uh, in that time, um, Mareko will tell us about, all about his grinder. Well, I have a Broadbeck Ironworks grinder. Uh, it's a badass grinder. I love the thing. It's a great machine that's like it's super flexible across, and it, uh, across so many different processes of the knife making uh, endeavor. Uh, they have all kinds of different tool arms and platens, and in fact. They just dropped. They're taking pre-orders right now for their new, like, super adjustable uh, tool rest. Um, so go over to Broadback Ironworks. Pre-order those. If you're getting a machine, make sure you put in Knife Talk uh, at checkout so you can get a free upgrade to the Morocco Deep Platinum, which uh, I worked with them to design, uh, where you get, like, four and a half inches of clearance behind your platen, especially when you're slack belt grinding and you need all that extra room for contouring. Um, they're just, they're awesome machines and the guys there are super helpful. Vince and Ryan are badass. Um, and also you can check out their machines are on fortune fire. Um, so that means they must be really great. And so no, I, I love this machine. They got, there's so many great makers using these machines and they're putting out great work. So again, go to broadbeckironworks.com. Uh, make sure you use knife talk at checkout and you can get a free upgrade to the Morocco deep platen. And uh, also, Oh, go ahead. You're forgetting they're just released pre-orders for the new adjustable work rest. You must have missed that. I did say that. Yeah, oh, that's you cool. just said that, yeah. Oh, uh, my bad. anyway. <laughs> Saying it again. I'm going I'm to order one this weekend. Uh, and, well, and I did miss that they uh, also offer uh, financing for people. Uh, they have a third party they work with. Um, so if that is a better option for you, go to the website and check it out. There you go. 
Cool. What have you got then, Jeff? A pearl of uh, This one comes from Stetson Forge. He's a good. He's a he's a a follower, a listener, and a supporter of us. Man, I sure appreciate you guys answering my questions, especially the three of you. What a terrific show! All your legends in my mind. I look up to you all. Thanks for the feedback. I look forward to hopefully having the opportunity to meet you guys in person someday. Stetson Forge. What a nice feedback. That's a nice make listener it plan, feedback. Stetson. Feedback. Make it up to st- make it up to Maker Camp. I'm gonna make a camp. Oh. A couple of us will be there. Ooh, that was a that was a cold one. Don't be sad. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> we got tough I'm scenarios sad. and what else? we have one. Yeah, tough scenario. We'll we have on. one um, tough take, scenario. Take the money is the answer. Take the money. <laughs> we have Killigrand Ma, whatever it takes. We have, <laughs> <laughs> we have one we have one tough scenario from our only professional athlete listener, oh, Lawrence Britton, okay. who is our only Olympian. He's our only Olympian listener. Uh, hey, champs, I have a dilemma. I bought a decent EDC for around $250, and with a month, I went on a five-day hike along the coast where I used the knife a lot. The one day I was abusing it slightly by using it to split some wood to start a fire, the knife broke. Two big chips uh, broke off the cutting edge, and I didn't feel like uh, I was doing anything completely unholy to it. It was really a surprise break. I took it back to the shop, and this is where my dilemma comes in. I was hoping that they would send it back to Cold Steel. Whoops. I mean, I, mean, I <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Cold Steel. I don't know. There's nothing to say to them. And, uh, I'm just kidding. I don't listen to this. And um, they would replace the broken blade, or I would have to pay for a new blade. If they said it was, mis- uh, if they said it was misuse. But the knife shop sent it to a third party who simply ground down the blade past the break to give a new cutting edge. It looks like shit, and I'm convinced that there's something wrong with the steel. What do I do? He sent me a picture, and it was a, f- a big folding knife. Um, and then he says, yeah. And then I said to him, I'm like, I would have sent it straight to cold steel. And he goes, yeah, it's mm-hmm. tricky to send anything from South Africa. But that's what I, yeah, I think please. that's what I have to do. Um, and then I said, uh, and I thought, you beat the shit out of it. He goes, yeah, clearly it was cold and wet and I needed a fire. Ha ha. So. I, I think the shop you took it back, they've, they've done the bad on you there really, haven't they? I think if, if it, if it did go back to cold steel, they probably would have sorted you out. But the fact that this third part, this intermediary in the middle, um, I think they're the ones who have sort of slipped up really. I agree um, with yeah, you. That, that's, that's I'm surprisingly, cool. I agree with you. You know, I think that cold steel would have, if I said, I said to him, cause I've, I used to use those leather mans and I would break the tips off. I'd send them right back. They'd send me a brand new one. Hand touched, a hand push, push buttoned operation. <laughs> human push the button. Hand operated by a real I human. do believe <laughs> that if they, he had sent it to cold steel direct, they would have just no problem. I mean, they have these departments yeah. of like, we're not, it's just not an argument department. They send it back, we send them a new one. It's just the cost of doing biz. Yeah, so I'm a fucking Olympian, you know. Yeah. Damn right. He's fucking big time. Big time Olympian. Fix his, yeah. fix his knife. I, I am surprised that they got some third-party guy to just grind it down. They probably got some, like, you know, dope in the back, play high as a kite. <laughs> they, they, well, they, they did have a complaint from another um, South African Olympian, um, Oscar Pretorius, <laughs> and um, it didn't go well. So they, they now any South African oh, Olympian, they give bad service talk to. About a, talk about a one leg up. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Oscar Pretorius, oh, a downward spiral right there. Holy yeah. mackerel. So just to go back to that, he killed his <laughs> wife or his girlfriend thinking he was a burglar 
when she was just taking a shit or something. Was, was, was like, oh my god! Isn't that what happened? I don't know. She was, she was I don't know. Straining one out, and you said that must be a burglar. Why am I laughing? This poor woman died from this flippered assassin. And all of a sudden, Jesus! And all of a sudden, I'm laughing. At, I don't think she was in the midst. I mean, do you think that's what happened? It was a terrible well, story. He, he, you heard something going on in there. I can only assume. That. I don't know what South African food is like. Maybe she was struggling. I don't. I don't know. Oh God, what a dark place we've gone. A dark, dark <laughs> place. I'm not mad about it, but it's just a fact. Oscar Pretorius. Yeah. See, Lawrence. I, I think. I think you're. I think the third party was the problem. Yeah, and maybe even go back to Cold Steel and explain the whole situation. They'd probably still. I don't think anyway. they would. If if I think that would be avoiding the warranty, wouldn't you? But he didn't do it. They're, yeah, gonna you know, they're, they're going to believe him. They're going to him. They're going to say the same thing and be like, "I'm not going. I'm not sending this, fixing this thing to Oscar Pretorius." I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they're as suspicious of him as you are. <laughs> Some flippered assassins breaking his knife off, and someone's hitting it on the grinder. I don't believe you. Uh, okay, um, let's move on to the next one. Then. I don't have that's it. That's all the tough dilemmas this week. We went, we ran through them all last week. Oh, okay. God. Well, I tell you what. Um, if you were to you know redo the knife yourself, you'd need some good sandpaper. And if you're going to do that, you're going to use uh, Rhino Wet by Indasa. It's the best stuff. It's what I use. Robert Rack uses. It's what Jeff uses. It's what most of our listeners are now using, actually, um, because it's good stuff and would get drowned. Um, and you can get it from TexasFarrowSupply.com, um, as well as lots of other stuff. They've got, they've got everything you need as a, as a knife maker or a farrier or if you're, you know, you're shaping metal in any sort of way. Go to TexasFarrowSupply.com. They've got it all, and make sure you fill that basket with Indasa. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off your order too. So why wouldn't you? And let me tell you what. You will get some good product, not weird belts sent with tape backwards. I got it. What? Yeah, you sent me I that got picture. A, what I'm f- not saying anything about the company, but I got a care package, and in one of the care packages was some 2x72 belts. And I looked at this belt, and I thought to myself, there is something wrong with this belt. And they put this tape seam on the outside. Like, <laughs> they put the tape seam on the outside of the – On the abrasive, on the abrasive side. side. So there's like this like three – like this 5 eighths blump. You know, I'm gonna, I, saw, I thought to myself, I'm going to use this thing, and I'm gonna, it's going to be hitting like a speed bump. I was like, I'm not going to use this thing at all. And you won't huh. get that when you use Texas Ferry Supply or if you use combat abrasives. You ain't going to use any of them backward tape belts. Not going to happen. There we go. There we go. Actually, let's do a couple of questions then before you finish. Um, we, we still got loads on this list, so let's just rattle through some quickly. Um, this is from Jake Cabral. Um, and he says, this is a rapid-fire answer he needs. And he says, Jeff, don't read this if you're reading the comments. Oh, no, I so- wrote that part because I thought you guys were going to read. <laughs> I wrote all that. I said, we should r- read this fast. And then I said, don't oh, read sorry. this part. This is from me. <laughs> oh, right. <okay. laughs> Fucking guys. You totally cat- <laughs> you destroyed my whole thing. Okay. So I need to read this to you fast. No, is it, is it, we should answer this fast. You give me direction fast. now on these questions. What's no, going on? this question, we Let's should answer this question fast because okay. we've done them a million times oh i see i see okay sorry Jacob my bad. asks hey guys i've started making knives for about a year now and recently upgraded to 2x72 with the vfd in the last week 
My question is, how hot can I get the blade before I blow my temper or heat treat? I'm mostly making chef knives and where the edge is getting thin and feel like it's getting really hot, but it doesn't do that bluing thing. Am I good? Thanks for the great podcast. Um, quickly, um, when you, if, if you're judging it by if it goes blue or not, you, you're probably going way too far, um, if the, fact is it, the fact that it's blue. Um, but I, I think, if, you know, if, by the sounds of it, you've already done the heat treat and the temper. Um, so, you, you know, you just need to go easy. Um, dip it, get some water there, dip it each time, take it easy, and, and you should be good. But, yeah, if, if you get even close to it going blue at the edge, you, you need to back way off, back way off. And maybe you've got VFD, which you now have. Turn it down and see how you get on. Look at you. Yeah. I, I would say, that, yeah, you definitely have fucked that part of the blade up <laughs> if it hits blue. Even if it, mm. it, you know, if it's straw yellow or even maybe kind of brown, that's not bad. But when it hits purple and blue, you've gotten way too hot. Um, so make sure you're using sharp belts. Go to combat and get yourself some sharp-ass belts. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, the only reason I can imagine somebody's, I, I, I mean, this. I mean, I guess this happens to me accidentally as well sometimes. Um, but I grind barehanded so I can kind of track that temperature, and that because if you're all gloved up, you can't really feel what's happening in that steel. Um, and so, yeah, grind barehanded. Use fresh belts. Keep a bucket close by and keep it cold, especially in thin cross sections because it happens fast, super I've, fast. I've been wearing nitrile gloves more and more. Sure. Nitrile's good. It's super thin. You can still feel that heat. My hands are much nicer these days. My my buddy Nico told me that I should how I should fix my hands is put coconut oil or coconut butter on my hands and then wear the nitrile gloves. I said, what am I going to make some hand soup? What the fucking Thai hand soup is going on here? Come on, man. He's like, no, your hands are going to be great. I'm like, ah, come on, man. I'm not doing that. Sloppy ass wet hands inside. I'm not doing that. The key to the story is is if you're te- you don't want to go hotter than your temper. So if your yeah. temper is 400 degrees, you don't want to go past your temper, and that will ruin it. So that's the key. That's the key. Don't go past your temper. There we go. Okay, um, Jeff, do you want to take one? This one comes from Justin Armstrong. If you had to forge stainless steel and heat treat in a forge, what stainless would you choose and why? I know it's dumb and I have an even heat in my and in I know it's dumb and I have a even heat in my soul ceramics basket. I just haven't pulled the trigger. Don't judge me. Thanks, bros. So if you're to but judging you, just Justin, I'm afraid if it's in your basket, it, you've made the purchase already. Go on, just press the button. <laughs> just press the button, Justin. Just press the button. <laughs> Get out your credit card and just press the button. Press the button with your human finger. Press the button. Press it. Press it. Go uh, ahead. What do you What do you think? I would say, do not try to heat treat stainless steel out of a, out of a forge. Well, you think for? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, it's such a high temperature. Usually, at least what nineteen hundred. Um. And for 440C, I don't know what other one. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah. Uh, ABL is like 1925. Yeah, that's right, 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 right. Yeah, but you not only do you got to get it to that temperature, you got to hold it there for like 20 minutes. I so do that. Yeah, you're not gonna fucking do that in the forge. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. it's not happening. And what's gonna happen with all the oxygen as well? Isn't that right? Like, yeah, fuck things up. Yeah, and not if you if you listen back to our episode with Laren Thomas. 
he says that a lot of these stainless steels are air are air hardening. So like when you as you're cooling it down, you're converting the austenite into martensite just in the cool air as you're cooling it. So you'll be heat treating it by not even realizing it. You know, I mean, if you're forging it, I don't know. There there's a lot of guys I know. Nick Ross he forges AEBL. I don't know how he's a you know. Take a class. Yeah, you can forge those those stainlesses. It's you just gotta keep them hot. And when you're done forging them, though, you wanna also care, you have to have a controlled cooling because of that air hardening effect. Uh, and that is another reason to have your kiln on hand. Is so when you're done forging, you toss it right into that kiln and control that cooling speed. Um, because if you go too fast or there's something weird going on, you know, bad stuff could happen to that st- to that blade. Um, hmm. Is stainless is a word or is st- what <laughs> stain lie? <laughs> a bunch of stainlesses is that? It's, I don't know. A bunch of stainless, stainless. Is, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what? It's late. It's like it's late. Moose is singular and drinks. plural, right? <laughs> yeah, stainless stain lie. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morocco, do you want to take one more question and then we'll maybe call it a day? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna jump back up to. Uh, Trey Hill Custom Knives. He says, "What do? Uh, when do I throw away the belt? Uh, sorry, that belt for good, and not hang it up as some random on some random object in the shop uh, with the fifty other belts of random grits, continually telling myself that it will be great to use on handled material when it uh, when it stops cutting steel." Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all got that problem. Yeah, I got like a bunch of old too. belts hanging up everywhere. Yeah. I'm trying to metamorphosize a, a lathe into a power hammer. I got, I have never. I don't think I've ever thrown. I, I think I probably have 400 belts covering Cliff Dufton's lathe. Oh fuck! I swear to God, it, <laughs> it sounds like, like a sculpture. You just need to name it. Put, it's, it, put a placard on it. It's totally ridiculous. And I get, and uh, but at the same time, it's like I do think. I mean. Old, I mean, because the problem is with stainless is the stainless. When I do stainless, you're you're killing them belts because the yeah. belts just like it. But for like regular mild steel, you can go all day. You know, the, sure. those old belts are great. You know, and I'm part of me is just like if I'm if I need some sculpture, I'm not going to use a brand new fresh belt. Right. I'm gonna you know I want to clean some some regular steel up with some shitter. Yeah. So I don't throw any of it out. Yeah, I, I will say that. I I don't I'm pretty confident you can't go from steel cutting steel with a belt to then cutting wood. I think you actually want to go the other way. You want to start with wood. Say say it's like a 220 belt. You, you want to start with wood and then once it's not great for cutting the steel then um sorry, a fucking phone calls coming through right now. Uh answer it. <laughs> it was Neil. <laughs> answer it. Come on, man. Well, you know what? You can only hear one side of it. Um, Just put them on speakerphone. So what's up? What's up, Neil? <laughs> hey, baby. Uh, no, yeah, your peach is fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> your peach is fuzzy. <laughs> that was the best thing. God damn it! The best thing Don Imus used to say on his radio show. He used to, he get a woman caller on, and he go, "Hey, baby, your peach is fuzzy." <laughs> oh For God. some reason, when I was a kid, <laughs> I used to say that all the time. I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> and I was in a class. <laughs> that was this class. <laughs> I said to the teacher, hey baby, hey, baby your peach is fuzzy. Wow. <laughs> and nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> 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 and 
Oh, I heard on the radio. Nice. Hi, my dad loved Don Ivis. Going to the teacher. Hey, how are you, Jeff? Good, Mrs. <laughs> Good, Mrs. Spender. Hey, baby, are you peaches fuzzy? And I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so it always comes to mind. <laughs> Inappropriate. Anyways, cut wood before cutting steel. That's that's my point <laughs> for that. Anyways, great question, right? Well, the, isn't it also if you the <laughs> steel burns the wood afterwards, or? Well, it's just the abrasives are so broken down that they won't even cut the steel. It doesn't mean <laughs> that there's still enough abrasive there to cut the wood. Versus the other way around, if you start with the wood, there's plenty of abrasive to f- cut the wood. And even if it gets, if the abrasive gets worn down to the point where it doesn't really cut the wood nicely anymore, there's still enough there to cut the steel. Yeah, and quite often as well, if you if you're doing those first like forty fives or whatever on, on steel, and you're using a fresh belt, it'll just spray that abrasive. Oh, yeah. it's just, just all wasted. Shear it right off. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Shall we call it a day? I'll tell you what we haven't done in a long, long time. What's happening for the week? What's our dreams and goals, uh, You know, this is funny because in the after show, I'm going to do a giant bitching. I'm going to have a giant bitch session, so this is the preemptive to a bitch session. So uh, actually tonight, we're going to go see my friend, Chef uh, Mike, invited us to Finn and Brew. We're going to Finn and Brew for dinner tonight. Uh, Anastasio? Mike Anastasio, dynamite guy, good, good guy. great chef, great chef, and uh, we're going to go see him tonight, and then it's Easter weekend, so I'm going to be working, <laughs> and I'm going to be working Saturday and Sunday, and spend a little time with my kid, and my wife, and uh, bingo, bango, bongo, back on. What do you guys do anymore with your kid for Easter? You guys just hang out and have a nice meal? Or? We cook a little bit and when i was when she was young i used to love to uh in her backyard make like a little easter hunt for her and she enjoyed that as a kid now you know 17 years old we just were we we doesn't interest doesn't interest we hillary's gonna start putting money in it she (laughs) yeah we'll figure something out i'm we're we're not gonna we're gonna just we have things to do she's getting ready for her sats again and it's just like we're there's not a lot of i mean a lot more it's not as kiddy as it used to be so sure is she is she driving now because she did have some lessons <clears throat> she... she is still practicing there were some uh there were some there were we're still practicing nothing bad happened <laughs> there were some but issues no 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 <laughs> it was it was uh there was some there were some friends who had gotten into bad car accidents and it oh, yes. scared ah, her. Yeah, so sure. like we're back to just you know she's not a, not no pressure she's no pressure we're just gonna you know we're gonna get her in back in i did some driving with her last week and it was much more relaxed but you know there was some snake fears because of some things that had happened to some yeah, friends understandable yeah fair enough fair enough okay uh Mareko. i'm looking forward to get this goddamn knife out of my shop and moving on with my life. Uh, also, we're getting ready. We're getting the Easter celebrations are going to be out at the grandparents um, this Sunday, which is going to be nice and low key. Um, I got some great beers actually uh, sent to me by uh, my friend Russell Tinsley over uh, in Virginia, and so I'm going to be bringing some of those beers. He the uh, he owns a uh, Oozle Finch. They do like sour beers and all these crazy like. Uh, hard seltzer beers and stuff like that. Um, 
but anyways, uh, it's going to be a nice time just kind of hanging out with family. And it, it's, I like kind of checking out in those kind of moments where I can just kind of really relax and there's enough people around. I don't have to like keep a, an eagle eye on my kid and, and actually like have some adult conversations and just relax a little bit. So what oh. Craig does all the time. That's great. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have just filled up a few kegs for the bar here, and it's officially open for the summer now. Um, everything's been sort of locked up away for the for the winter because we've had it really bad. The weather's been fucking terrible. But um, yesterday the sun came out, and we've got a good few days now over the Easter period where it's going to be sunny. So nice. I'm really looking forward to yeah, and um, yeah, enjoying myself. But we it's on Sunday we're taking the kids to the the local zoo. Um, it's not really a zoo. It's more like a wildlife park. They, the animals got all this room to range and stuff like that. But there's uh, like an Easter egg hunt and you know you win prizes and all the rest of it. So the kids are excited for that. So yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah. We as I say today we did, we had our like fuck the world day today. My wife and I where we we decided we were going to do what the hell we wanted. <laughs> Um, and I think that's going to extend right through till Tuesday because um, it's bank holiday you know weekend here. Um, I don't know what I mean. We're not we're not religious in any way at all, but we'll thankfully take the holiday, you know. So, mm. yeah, it's all good. It's all good. That's it. That's that's my um, that's my weekend really. Um, back to it on Tuesday. Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you. Are we still here? I was <laughs> <laughs> waiting for somebody to say something. <laughs> right, we should speak to you next week. Bye. <laughs> this show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. How's Buddy Boy? Um, he shit, he's not a house mess. <laughs> Uh, basically, oh, yes, God it's unbelievable. It. But he is fucking huge, huge. He's grown out of his his three to six month clothes, and he's five weeks old now. It's unbelievable. And but yeah, um, we went this afternoon. We went back to our old village where we used to live, and there, there was another girl there who's, who's having a baby at the same time as my wife. And um, you know, the two of them next to each other, it was it was just unbelievable, unbelievable. But um, he's good. He's he's happy. He's um, yeah. He, he, Feeds, he shits, he eats, <laughs> sleeps. Um, Is he and, sleeping? And sleeps. Yeah, he does sleep. Yeah, he does sleep well. We're okay. getting sort of two and a half, three hours between feeds and the night. Um, so we really can't complain. You know, it's it's good. And you know, the girls now are sleeping right through the night oh, as well. Right. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, and we're, we're sort of taking it in turns, my wife and I as well. So we'll have like a you know a night where we can have a full sleep, sure. and the next night the other one will do it, and so on. So, no, it's all good. And we seem to get into a routine with him quite quickly. So, yeah, he's pretty happy, content. So it's good. Nice. And the girls still enjoy being a big big sisters. They do. Yeah, yeah. They're getting a bit more freedom now, though, because obviously they're not getting out of full attention, but they're quite enjoying that as well. <laughs> you know, they're yeah, they're, they're wandering around the house and getting up to sort of mischief as well right. and that kind of stuff so um it's good it's all yeah they're, 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 everyone's happy we can't complain that's great
So what's what's been, what people watching? What people listening to? What what's going on? I've still been playing Hurdle. I like really. Had, You're still doing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with that. I like it a lot. Although I lost my I, ass I, off yesterday. <laughs> oh, Hillary told me yesterday was very hard. It's, it's some new artist. I have no idea who it is. I'd never heard it before in my life. But I'm very, I don't know if I can say proud, but I did get the, I think the day before or something like that was pink. Um, get the party started. <laughs> I killed. Let me do today. killed that one. Live now on the show. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Right there. <coughs> Sorry. Let me do that again. I'm going to start. I'm going to say it sounds like James Brown to start. That's Clearing a good guess right there. No. I don't know. I'm going to have to skip that and go to the next, the next second. So if you don't know, Hurdle is pretty much like Wordle, um, where, but, it's, but it's, it's music. It's a song, and you, you hear a second of a song, and you've got to guess within five seconds. All right. so I, I can't do the first one. Number two. <coughs> oh. Oh, I know that now. Yeah. Um, Wonderwall. It's Wonderwall. Yes, yeah. yeah, by Oasis. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was a cough at the beginning. I didn't either. That oh. totally sounded like James Brown, though. <laughs> Definitely sounded like James Brown. I don't know how you guys got that, but congratulations. I suck at that. I can't Michael, do that. <clears throat> My wife loves that game. I don't play it. I, I, I still do Wordle with Tomer. Nice. So I like Wordle. Yeah, my my wife hates uh, <laughs> the hurdle because she she knows a lot of music, but she doesn't know any words. She doesn't know any artist names. She doesn't know any titles. She just knows when she knows it. She's like, oh yeah, I like the song. And <laughs> yeah, but, but what I found with doing it with you, Morocco, is if if I know the song, I literally know it in that first second. Yes. If it goes to five seconds, I've never heard of the song before in my life. Right. You know, and there's been quite a few of them. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> even after, even after hearing the full song, about the first time I've ever heard that. So, Although I will say, um, I was pretty disappointed that you didn't get Led Zeppelin the other day. Yes. <laughs> I, what did I think? I can't remember what I thought it was, but yeah. It's all right. I forgive you. It was yeah, an immigrant it's song. Frustrating. And you thought it was something called Crazy Horse. Yeah, I thought it was crazy horses. (laughs) (laughs) Which was the, I think that was the Osmonds. Yeah. The Osmonds, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think they're similar intros, maybe. I don't know. My wife's enjoying the world. She she plays, uh, she make she plays Quirtle, which is four words at the same time. And she also plays Octurtle, which is eight words at the same time. Oh my God. She's she's a word person. I can barely hang on to Wordle, you know. Sure. But I do enjoy it. Yeah, talking about doing like the eights and the fours and things like that, I <laughs> watched uh, up in the middle of the night with the baby, and you know he's not sleeping, so I just put Netflix on, and it, it generally go to like documentaries. Um, so I tend to watch, and there's a documentary, and it was just about um, like competitive Rubik's cubing. Oh. oh wow! Um, I know it sounds shit, and <laughs> it, it actually quite was as well. But it was just mad to see these kids. They have like world championships. Um, and they're not for kids, but apparently kids can do them better. They've got a better sort of mind for it. And they're doing them in like four or five seconds. Wow. And there's like a one-handed competition. They're doing the one. The dexterity is incredible. It was Isn't mad. it like a system? Isn't there like just some sort of mathematical system? There is. There, there's, there's like thousands of algorithms, basically. And, you know, you just got to learn them all. And it's, it, was, it was mad. Absolutely mad. You get those kids yeah. counting cards, and then they're going to be killing it at the casinos. I don't know. They yeah. know. Those casino guys, they don't like to have their money taken away. 
and they, <laughs> they don't. That's true. <laughs> they don't. You're gonna get back to the, the you know the, they don't like it at all. I think they, I think card card counting is out. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah. Because I've been listening to your recommendations. I finished Ted Lasso and I liked it. I liked it. Mm, I, I especially liked the last episode. Um, waiting for the next season. Um, I watched Bad Vegan. I watched Tinder Swindler. What else? I've been watching Moon Knight, which I'm starting to like because it's weird. Um, what should I be watching? Well, I haven't seen that. Ah, I've got nothing to wrap. We've been watching um, just the American Office again from the very first episode. Oh, wow. Just before Buddy God. was born, whenever we had that one, we, we worked out one. We're, we're coming back to the end of it now. So Will Ferrell's in it at the moment. So we're, we're very close to the end. Oh, wow. But there's just, it's just so fucking epic. I could watch it a million times, and it's just, just amazing. My kid watched it over and over and over again. And I was like, yeah. "You've got to stop this. You can't, <laughs> yeah. can't just the, sit just here the, and watch this all the, the time. intro all over and over." <laughs> no, she watched the whole every episode. No, she but, watched the seasons and right, like, right. Jesus um, Christ! I lived with a guy who had like he had like the first four seasons, and it would always play the intro. And obviously, you can skip the intro, but yeah, it would dunk and dunk. <laughs> Every single time, it's like, you got to be more on top of that. Skip that shit. Yeah. Get right to it. It is epic, though. <laughs> it's absolutely epic, and literally, like you know, tears laughing every every episode. At some which point. is the which is it, the but, best uh, moment in the office? The best. We got to the bit um, earlier in the week where David Brent shows up in the lift. Oh yeah, um, which is pretty cool because that that could have been really cheesy. I think you know when they, they've sort of met. And the fact that they, they both just, ah, they loved each other immediately, you know. Um, but there, there, there's one, there was one, there's one episode I, was, I saw it again this week. Um, Dwight, they, they were having some sort of uh, training about, you know, different cultures and different sexes and all the rest of it in the, in the office. Um, and Dwight goes to the HR rep and he says, well, I can't remember how it came out about, but he says, um, when... I don't know if I should say this on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, don't say it. Just fuck be, it. it was on be TV. vague. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't do that show now. No, they couldn't. They oh, couldn't. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, oh, fuck it. I'll say it. it, it you know. um, I, it's not my thought. It was Dwight's oh, thought. Boy. Here he goes. Uh, Jeff's here, thought. Dwight's thought. Here it comes. That's... Um, he just goes to the HR rep and he just says, Oh, um, no. When there's when there's two homosexual oh, men. Oh, my he God. Said, How do you know which one has the vagina? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> and he's deadly serious, you right. know. He's so, you know, he's so, you know, wet beyond the ears. But it's yeah, these oh moments like that, and wow. they just fucking brilliant. Phyllis is still Absolutely. one of my most favorite characters on that show. I don't really? know why she fucking kills me. She's just like uh. such a like flat, dry delivery. Like she's like she's so into that character that it's like yeah. that per- the the hilarity of that person existing in real life. Just I don't know, it mm. kills me. I, I yeah. love her. <laughs> it is it is uh, to me it's the best show ever written i think it's, really i love the i love the british i love the british stories, but i think this is far far superior wow. because the characters develop a lot more obviously because it goes on for a lot longer. but it jumped the shark at some point oh it, it it yeah and when will ferrell was on it and then uh catherine tate was on it and stuff it was all a bit Ilba of, ibris <laughs> Or whatever his name is. Um, yeah, what's his name? Yeah, that guy. I can't Ilbra. Um, Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> Ilba Ibris. Good job, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Jeff's thoughts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. But um, no, nothing else to re- recommend, really. We've just been watching that, really. I need something to watch. 
in the middle of the night when I, I can't do anything. Middle I did start another documentary, which, which when it started, I thought, oh, Jeff would be all over this. Um, and it was all about some New York art dealer. Um, and it was all this, like, impressionism stuff, you know, from the 50s. And I don't get all that stuff. I'm just like, well, fucking anybody can do that. Kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but basically, she'd faked this stuff. And then, you know, she sold it for $2 million And the guy said, well, if I have a test and it's not real, I'm going to bring it. I need my money back. She was like, yeah, fine. Anyway, he had it tested, brought it back. She had to give his money back. But then she sold it on for $7 million to the next person. Then they brought it back. Then it was like $22 million. It was just like, fuck. So she knew it was going to be fake. And she's there denying it all, you know. And, uh, yeah. Started well, but it was just like, oh, this is a bit shit, really. Mm. Jeff, did you watch? So, no, I don't recommend it. Did you watch The Umbrella Academy on Netflix? No. Okay. What about the good? Last Kingdom? I liked the Umbrella. What's Academy. the Last Kingdom? It's a it's like a, a Viking kind of show. No, I can't. But it's good. It's interesting. It's like I, a his, I tried that fucking drama. Witcher. I find that I tried that fucking Witcher. Ugh, I don't know what I, the fuck people are talking about that fucking Witcher, man. I have Jesus never had Christ. any interest in watching the Witcher. But I can't who, get into this stuff. This the historical. This, the his, yeah. historical. Come on, man. This is fucking dragons and goblins. Get the well, fuck historical, out of here, man. No, no, no. There's no dragons or goblins and none of that bullshit. It's all it's all like historical drama. Uh, what about the community? Have you seen the community? What's no. that? It's about all these like misfit crew of like five people like, who are in community college, all these different archetypes, and they come together and become friends over this several is the, seasons. This turned into the Reader's Digest podcast. <laughs> oh, it's got Chevy Chase in it. It's got oh. a... Chevy oh, you Chase. Like, you don't He's like Chevy such Chase. a shithead. Really? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Why? He was back in the day. He was oh, a man. He started. A, the, the, there's all this story when he left Saturday Night Live. He was so arrogant that when he left, it was such a big hullabaloo after one year that he came back and he I guess he was replaced by uh, Bill Murray. And as the story goes, he was Bill Murray had real animosity towards Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase was arrogant. I'm sure he was doing a ton of blow, and he was—he just got off Caddyshack, and he was hot as shit. And they had—he the, said something to John Belushi, and then Bill Murray was such a fucking maniac, he just charged him, and it was like this huge brawl on the back of oh, Saturday Night Live. And wow. ever since then, we're big Bill Murray fans. So ever since then, it's like fuck Chevy Chase. <laughs> Give a shit about that guy. <laughs> we're Team Bill Murray. All right. What about the Good so, Place? Yeah. Did you ever see the Good Place? What's that? Uh, it's got Ted Danson, Kristen Bell. Oh, Kristen Bell. Uh, yes. It's about death and kind of like the afterlife and stuff. And I have a hard time with Ted Danson. Really? And I'll it's tell he, you why. He's very different from uh, any I, any character I've seen him play. I'll tell you why I have a problem with him. Okay. He's got a huge bald spot that he covers up. <laughs> I have a bigger problem with the fact that he covers it up than that he has it. Jeff, you have no vanities. I don't have – if I was on TV, like all these guys, you see Colin, I see Colin Farrell on, on Hot Ones. Okay. Look at his hair. It looks like he put a blue, brown shoe polish in his hair like Rudy Giuliani <laughs> running with a bullshit running down his face. <laughs> Colin Farrell, I mean, I, that dyeing your hair, that's wearing a toupee and pretending people don't notice, it's so uh. – Gross! It's just like it just be who you are. You just you are who you are. They're actors. They can't be who they are. They're professionals. I at being don't like else. it. I don't like. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like. I don't want, just have your bald spot or shave your head or do something, but don't 
pretend. Don't, don't try to tell me that, that you're not bald. You have a big bald spot. Enjoy it. Nothing wrong with it. Be, uh, embrace who you are. You know? You'll always be Sam Malone to me. <laughs> there you go. I was going to bitch about something, but I guess we're not. We're not. We're not. Well, we got 15 minutes. You don't want to bitch? Well, I had a problem with my local hardware store, which I've had to, you know, it's local. And these people are, I try to support them because I feel the need to support local businesses. But these people are repellent and their customer service is horrible. And they don't take any responsibility for anything. And every time I go in there, I get mad. And then every time I leave, I curse myself. But then I'm thinking to myself, I need need a couple of quarter 20 screws so i go in so the last time i went in right before the friction folder class they had you know some brass washers and i got 11 of them and i brought in the counter and he charged me 11 dollars. and i said but that you bought 11 no washers. no it was more than 11. it was like probably 20 <laughs> the last of it the was probably like 20 it was more, picking out 11 it was washers. probably like 20 brass washers because they didn't have them in packages so i had okay, to pick right. them out so they were 11 cents each, and he charged me. That's why I said 11. I made a mistake. So he char- she charged me, and it was like, the price was crazy. I was like, this is a little, like 20 washers. Why are you charging me, you know, all this money? He's like, well, that, and he goes, well, that's what the, that's what the register said. Oh, my God. And I said, but, but if they're 11 cents each and there's 20 of them, how can it be $15? Well, that's what the, that's what the, that's what the register says. I'm like, well, schmuck. What's 20, 11 cents times 20? It was just like this fight, and he didn't, he was like, yeah, well, okay, here's your money back. It was just like this incredible attitude. And then I came in the next week, and I asked them if they had something, and the woman was undoing the, I guess they get boxes come in. I said, by any chance, do you know if you have this? And she goes, well, it's probably in one of these boxes. What? And I said, <laughs> okay, well, you're going to have to wait. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, no, it's not going to be right now. And I was like, I can't fucking handle it. And then I came in a third time, and it's just like nonstop, just like, and it's the the, the sense that because they're a small business and they're competing against Home Depot and they're competing against Amazon, that they that there's a degree of like, it's like I owe them my customership. Like they, I, I'm, I'm indebted to them and I need to pe- keep using them. And I was just like, I can't fucking handle it. Every time I go in here, you guys are terrible. I blame the owner. Well, this is I part like of the small business, business thing. Culture that, all falls back on the owner. Well, obviously it's not working. I think some of them are doing drugs or something. I don't know what's going on, but, it, <laughs> but it's like, it's this nonstop. Every time I go in there, it's just like. It's as if you're a small local place. This isn't in Manhattan where there's millions of people coming by. You're in a small area. Why don't you try to give some sort of good customer service to the people in your area so they come back? But it's hmm. that's how most local places survive because they give much better service than you would get from you know the big chain. These these guys are like repellent. I mean, it's like legitimately repellent. They are irritated at being asked for things, and it annoys the shit out of me. And I felt like it was this. It was this true sense of entitlement, like mm. they're due, they're due, you know, or but business is bad. You blame something else. You're not taking responsibility for your behavior. This guy blamed the fucking cash register for charging me, <laughs> you know, 15 bucks for 11 washers when it was, he put it in wrong. And I just, it, it irritated the shit out of me because I'm just like, I want to support these guys. 
and I try to support as local as possible. Like I know my t-shirt guy, I'm going to get in t-shirt. I'm going to fade and I have t-shirts just because I don't want to. Everybody knows I hate t-shirts, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with this guy because he's my guy. And he told me that hat prices are going up and I'm still going to go with him. And I try to deal with local because I think it's important because they're small businesses. But these, I swear to God, these people, some of these people feel like they're, they're owed. And I actually talked to knife makers who feel that they're entitled to things. And it's just annoying. There you go. You're on a bit of a rant. Today, I told you Jeff. I was. Letting you, go you know what the it? problem it's... was? Before we quit this fucking show and we went into the after show, I said I should have kept my mouth shut. And then I realized we're talking about TV shows in the office. And I'm thinking, well, I can't just, I have to wrap it up. I have to wrap that story <laughs> up. I can't tease it and not do it. So there you go. It, there, There's a weird uh, culture around the small businesses in my local town too. Not all of them, but some of them. And one of the worst occasions I remember, I would just, uh, there was a great coffee shop. I loved going there. A buddy of mine used to work there. Um, he wasn't working that day. But I walk in, the gal behind the counter is chatting with a friend. I know who she is. Uh, we're not particularly friends, but I know who she is. She's talking with a friend. The person's not buying anything. I stand there for like five minutes. And all I can think the entire time is, why the fuck am I standing here? She fin- She's sitting there continuing her conversation instead of stopping and saying hi thanks for coming in how can i help you it i don't know i i felt like the biggest fucking idiot that i stood there for so long and then i just left (laughs) but it it blew me away that that was the culture of that uh or maybe that was i feel like the owners had to know that that's how their people were doing shit but i was just like what the fuck is going on but a lot of places around here also are kind of like it, it you're lucky you get to come into our business today is kind of how they act yeah. there is a and lot i'll get of, to you when i'm i'll get to you when i'm ready nobody takes responsibility for their actions anymore it's weird it's weird tony said we went you, when we were first started out we were going to this coffee shop and doing business and this service was bad and he just turned to me he's like millennials he's like you can't you can't get them to do shit they are terrible mm-hmm. and that might be it too but I don't know. There are knife makers out there that feel entitled. Boy, I hear all about it. I hear all about what they're due. <laughs> and it's just annoying. Everybody got to get to fucking work. Be nice. <laughs> Smile a little bit. You know. Otherwise, what's, it's what's the worst one that you hear? I, I hear, one I hear is, my work is better than that guy's. Why is he getting paid more than me? Hmm. I don't know. I just feel like that's probably one of the stupidest things that you could say. I hear that shit. I hear, you know, I hear also, I hear, I don't, people don't say, people are, you know, be honest with you, I think people are afraid I'm going to fucking talk about them on the podcast. <laughs> so, like, I think that there's this, I because I, I do, a lot of times, <laughs> one of my customers was mad at me because I fucking lit him up. He sent me a message, he's like, boy, you sure weren't very nice to me. I'm like, oh, you know, I wasn't wrong, was I? And there was silence for a while. <laughs> is that was that what your response was? He said, boy, you really <laughs> gave it to me. It was more or less. I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know. Our, some of our listeners are, are too keen-eared. <laughs> but mm-hmm. a bunch of bitches and go tattle on me. So okay. and I, then I don't stop. <laughs> I got I one last record. Peaches fuss. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more record mes- recommendation for you. Have you seen the true story? Uh, short, like limited series that Kevin Hart did on Netflix. No, I haven't. Yes, Dude. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I thought he basically plays himself, doesn't basically, he? Basically, yeah, 
he's a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very good. Very heavy and cool and anxiety. Uh, I don't know. There are definitely a few times where I can feel my heart racing. Like, what the fuck are these guys mm. doing? Yeah, it's very. Yeah, I'm about to give up HBO because I was, I'm waiting for. I'm gonna watch the when the Batman comes up. I'm gonna watch that and then I'm gonna cut it loose. Yeah. Had it with HBO. That's it. There you go. There we go. There we go. Had it with HBO. There's a title for this. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Uh, I'm with you. What have we got? So we got are your peaches fuzzy? <laughs> are your peaches fuzzy. That's a good one. <laughs> Baby, are you peaches for it? Uh, it, it right. Do we have any, uh, annou- when's, we have any uh, dates or plug in anything? Let's talk about Forge and Forge the Table. You know, yeah, the Forge the Table's coming up. Uh, that's coming up April 30th, uh, whatever the end of the month is. I think it's the 30th. Um, I can't remember if it ends on the 31st this month. That's the day of our, our Ukrainian gig as well, 30th. April 30th. Yes, the last, yeah, I think yeah. it's the last 30 days as yeah, April. It's, yeah, 30th. it's we got a lot of great makers coming to this thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and if anybody's going to be in the area, I highly recommend getting to that show because it's going to be a good chance, again, especially for young makers, uh, to see the work of a lot of accomplished makers, um, especially Chef's Knives makers, because it is a culinary knife event. Um, and to, you know, when we talk about thinness and geometry, like it's all kind of like kind of ethereal until you actually get your hands on people's work. And um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of those talented makers are going to be there. Some are not going to be there, but their work will be represented. Like I know, Nick, I'm pretty confident Nick Anger's work is going to be there, uh, or Angers work is going to be there. I really look forward to seeing that stuff in person. I've never seen any of his knives. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I got my hotel lined up, you know, ready for the show. We got, again, we got a lot of good people coming out. It's going to be a fun thing. Um, where is it you say yeah so it's in sacramento yeah if you're in the sacramento area or even a couple hours or a few hours drive i highly recommend coming checking it out um yeah that's all i got though right now cool okay i gotta fucking plug something craig come on man go for it may 15th Uh, is it May fifteenth? Uh, <laughs> I love how we <laughs> <laughs> It's May. It's uh, May fifteenth. I will be at Dragonsworth Forge teaching a tong and bottle opener class, and I think there are a few spots available. Go to Dragonsworth Forge and fill them up because this is the last time I'm going to be there for a while. I'm going to close the year up, and then the third and the fourth of September, I'll be at CMA. Uh, Country Music Awards, uh, Center for Metal Arts, uh, doing my friction folder <laughs> class. Yeah. It's going to be great, and you should definitely be there. We had a great time. Uh, a lot of listeners from the show were there. It's going to be great, and if you're around on the 17th of September, go to the Cambria Iron Convention uh, Conference. They're going to be doing that 3,000-pound uh, utility hammer. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Oh, I, I do have one more thing, unless Craig's got something. <laughs> Go for no, it. This no, one's super it. hyper local, but I am going to be doing the knife sharpening thing. We got it all worked out, and uh, that is May seventh uh, and May twenty first are the first couple uh, market days. And so, even if you don't need a knife sharpen, come by and say what's up. Uh, I will be at the uh, West Central Park in Olympia, Washington, sharpening knives. And if you go up to Morocco and say. Hey, dude, are your peaches fuzzy? He'll sharpen a knife. Hey, baby. You gotta say, hey, baby. Hey, hey, baby, are your peaches fuzzy? (laughs) Hey, baby, are your peaches fuzzy? Promo (laughs) code. Right. Thank you all for listening. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
get up in the evening And I ain't got nothing to say Come on in the morning I go to bed feeling the same way I ain't nothing but tired Man, I'm just tired and bored of myself Hey there, baby I could use just a little help Can't start a fire Can't start a fire without a spark This gun's for hire Even if we're just dancing in the dark Messages keep getting clearer Radio's on and I'm moving around the place I check myself in the mirror I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face Man, I'm standing nowhere I'm just living in a dump like this Something happening somewhere Hey, baby, I know that there is You can't start a fire can't start a fire without a spark This gun's for hire Even if we're just dancing in the dark Sit around getting older There's a joke here somewhere And it's all on me Shake the world off my shoulders Come on, baby, laughs on me. Stay on the streets of this town. They'll be carving you up all right. They say you gotta stay hungry. Hey, baby, I'm just about starving tonight. I'm dying for some action. I'm sick of sitting around trying to write this book. I need a love reaction. Hey baby, give me just one look You can't start a fire You can't start a fire without a spark This gun's for hire Even if we're just dancing in the dark Even if we're just dancing in the dark Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale. 
at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.